What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Friday, so time to go over every game, talk about the wide receivers I'd be starting and sitting this week. There are actually like a lot of wide receiver injuries around the league right now, so just like with the running back video, I'll pin a comment if there are any updates that happen, you know, later in the day for me on Thursday up until upload. You'll see that. It'd be like updates, one, two, three, whatever. Uh, just in case, you know, some news drops, players are out. I didn't know that in this video. Uh, we usually learn a lot more on Friday, definitely a lot on Saturday and Sunday morning. But, you know, sometimes if someone hasn't practiced through Thursday, you know, they're probably not playing this week. So, We'll start things off with the London game. Your second reminder of the week that we have a 9.30 Eastern kickoff Denver at the Jaguars. Uh, Russ, we know, is playing. I don't think there's any other news, but we've been surprised in the past. So, you know, if you'll be upset, you know, that you start someone who's not playing, make sure you set your alarm. Make sure you know if your guys are playing in that game. Very low, tied for the lowest total of the week, 39.5 points. Jaguars, 2.5 point favorites. For the Broncos, it is probably just Sutton or Bust. Judy can have a good game, had a good one last week, but it's not like this offense is overly appealing where we need to target all of their players. And at least Sutton, you know, he comes with touchdown upside. He's been used the most in the red zone inside the 10-yard line. He's the guy they go to for touchdowns when they can ever get close. Uh, in terms of half PPR scoring, Judy's only gone over seven points in three of seven games this season. He has zero games over 13. So it's like if he hits, he's still not like really hitting to where you're like, oh no, I had to play Judy this week. Sutton, at least, he's gone over seven points in five of seven, three games over 13 fantasy points. So, like, he's got a little bit more of that ceiling. So, I think Sutton's that, like, low-end wide receiver, too. Judy, you can pray for a touchdown, pray for a busted play. That's really the only time he's hit this season or when there's busted deep plays. Um, but he's just a lower-end flex play this week. For the Jaguars, I think Christian Kirk is really the only one you can trust right now. And I think he's a solid play in the flex. Obviously, Denver has like an elite defense. They're not a defense we want to be attacking, but Kirk plays two-thirds of his snaps in the slot. We know that Patrick Sertan does not play in the slot, so at least on two-thirds of his routes, he's not going to be running into Sertan. That is a very big positive for Kirk, but it's not like their other corners, their other players in defense are bad. Like Denver still just has an overall very strong defense, so not a spot we want to attack, but if you have to play Kirk, I think that is totally fine to do so. Again, overall, not a good game environment. Denver's allowed the third fewest schedule adjusted fantasy points to wide receivers. So Kirk and Flex, no one else on Jacksonville, obviously. Next up, we've got Cardinals at Vikings. High 49 point total. Vikings, three and a half point home favorites. The Cardinals. Hopkins returns last week from suspension, and he dominates, right? He's also very key, moved around the formation. In previous years, he's been like static, right? Last year, they didn't move him around at all. He was playing in the slot, and he was playing different wide receiver positions. So like, he was really good. He moved around, had a 47% or nearly a 47% target share, which is obviously unsustainable. I think we saw 
Adams do that in week one, like just, you know, he, he got every target. Like Kyler was just like, oh, look, you know, my guy's back. I'm just going to pepper him with targets. The unfortunate thing is basically it just made everyone else not viable. Like no other players on this offense for like the pass catchers were start worthy because every single pass was going to Hopkins. And then also when he's in the slot, it's kicking out Rondell Moore to the outside and he's not an outside wide receiver. He's a really good slot receiver. But when you put Rondell Moore on the outside, he does nothing. And if that's going to start happening, especially once Marquise Brown returns and once they also have Robbie Anderson, like I don't even know how much Rondell Moore is going to play anymore. So I don't, you know, I don't love, I never love what Cliff Kingsbury like does. I think he's a donkey most of the time. But at least right now, it's great for Hopkins. Like Hopkins is just an absolute slam dunk play every week. But because he's being used in this way, like we see, honestly, with the next game we're gonna, or the next uh, team we're going to talk about, it's like when you have this alpha that's moving around everywhere and getting all these targets, it just makes everyone else not viable. So Hopkins, no one else this week. And it is similar for the Vikings. Because they move Jefferson around, because he's such a large part of the offense, you're playing him. And like you could use Adam Thielen in the flex like as like a low-end flex play, but he has zero top 15 wide receiver finishes so it's like if he hits you're still like thank goodness he didn't totally dud like he's never really burying you this season we know he can like Thielen's still a really good wide receiver he's been good in the past and we know he does have touch on upside but it's just it's not really a matchup we're looking to attack and I don't know it's just Jefferson and this offense I don't think you need to play Thielen Next up, we have what should be a pretty exciting matchup between the Dolphins and the Lions. Lions at home this week, 51.5 point total, highest of the week. Dolphins, 3.5 point road favorites. For the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle combined for a 52.5% target share. That is really, really high for two players. Uh, Hill a little bit higher than Waddle, but like it kind of fluctuates every week. I'll say consistently Hill's more, but regardless, you're playing in the highest total game of the week. You're playing in a great game environment. You're playing against a Lions defense that ranks bottom five in both pass defense DVOA and yards per pass attempt allowed. You're on the team with the second highest projected team total behind only the Buffalo Bills. Like It's a great spot. You're playing Hill, you're playing Waddle. For the Lions, St. Brown has had a you know tough go at it recently. Uh, he unfortunately, like he's going off to start the year. Then he has the ankle injury, works his way back from that. Then he takes a hit really early last week. The new concussion protocols remove him from the game, even though he didn't actually have a concussion. Uh, we won't really know why they removed him from the game ever. Um, it is entirely possible that... He got up slow because he's working back from the ankle injury. And they kind of looked at that and they're like, oh, look, he got up slow. Let's take him out of the game. Again, didn't actually have a concussion. So don't worry about that moving forward. And it did give him another week, I guess, to recover from the ankle injury. But it was obviously, you know, kind of dumb that they did remove him. If he's active, you play him. I understand that, like, you think that it's risky now that he's had these injuries Remember, he didn't actually even have a concussion last week. Any player could just get removed if they get up slow. And he's got another week to come back from the ankle. So he shouldn't actually be that risky. But anything could happen, right? Like we've seen a few times this season. He's the alpha. He's dominant. You're playing him every week that he's active. 
And I don't think you're touching anyone else. Uh, Chark is out. Obviously, Jameson Williams is out for at least another month. Just to give you guys another update on that. Uh, Josh Reynolds is banged up. He might not even play. Uh, but even if he does, again, he's banged up. Like, Khalif Raymond only gets work when St. Brown is out. Tom Kennedy is fine, but you don't need to go there. He's never going to command a high target share. Like, it's St. Brown. And that's it for the Lions. Next up, Bears at Cowboys. This game has a relatively low 42.5 point total. Cowboys 9.5 point home favorites. That line is moving towards Dallas as well throughout the week. For the Bears, Mooney leads the team with nearly a 30% target share. Usually, when a player has that, they are a wide receiver one. But not on this offense. Uh, Even having his 29.5% target share, he has two top 50 wide receiver finishes. That is how much they throw the ball. Zero games with more than 11 fantasy points. You just can't play any Bears wide receivers, especially, you know, a road matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. For Dallas, uh, always play Lamb, obviously. And then the status of Noah Brown actually matters a lot this week. I'm thinking if Brown plays, you're just playing Lamb and you're moving on. You don't need to play Gallup. You don't need to play Noah Brown. But if Noah Brown is inactive, that at least opens up, you know, in that like four to seven, it's kind of variant, but like I guess on average five to six targets, it's going to open up for everyone, but Gallup should see like one to two of those. And I think you could, like that could be enough to trust Gallup in like the flex, especially if Zeke misses. Zeke has not practiced on Wednesday or on Thursday. It seemed like to start the week that it was like, no, you know, he's because he finished the game, right? that he's like not going to practice much, but then he's still going to play. He hasn't been confirmed out as of recording this. I think Roto World did say he was out, but that wasn't confirmed by like anyone. So I'm not sure why they did that. Could certainly miss. And if Zeke misses, and then if Noah Brown also misses, it's like maybe you have Dallas leaning more pass heavy naturally because they only have like the one running back and he's more of a pass catching back. They don't want to give Pollard, you know, 25 carries. So if they lean more pass heavy and they have fewer wide receivers, well, that just makes, you know, Lamb's still a slam dunk, but then it makes Gallup a better play. So if that happens, maybe Gallup in the flex. If, you know, if Zeke plays and Brown plays, we don't need to play um, Noah Brown or Gallup. But if Zeke is out and Noah Brown is out or plays, like it just makes them a little bit stronger because they could lean more pass heavy. But I would say, again, just to reiterate, play Lamb, only play Gallup if Zeke and Noah Brown are out. Just to be clear. Next game. Raiders at Saints. High. 49.5 point total. Raiders 1.5 point road favorites. For the Raiders. uh, New Orleans is a plus matchup for wide receivers. It gets even better if Lattimore is out. He did not practice on Wednesday. He has been out for a while. It seems like he's not going to play this week. But confirm that. It just just makes it stronger if he's out. Uh, But it doesn't really matter. I mean, Adams has over a 31% target share on the season. Uh... They really only even use Jacobs and Adams when they get into the red zone. Maybe that changes when Waller returns, if he ever returns. Uh, But, you know, you're playing Adams. And when you have another situation, a wide receiver getting like this level of dominance, this much work in the receiving game, it's them and it's no one else. You can't really play any of the other Raiders wide receivers. For the Saints, the matchup is beautiful. I mean, it is an unbelievable matchup for the Saints. The problem is that they're all hurt, right? 
except for Olave, who's a slam dunk play. But Michael Thomas is probably not going to play. Jarvis Landry, probably not going to play. And so you say, ooh, what about the secondary wide receivers? Like, you don't trust Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway, right? They have that Shahid kid who needs to get more snaps. He's been really, really good in deep balls and end arounds. But, you know, it's Olave. That's it. Great matchup. Absolutely play Olave as a wide receiver one this week. Next up, Panthers at Falcons, 41 half point total. Falcons, four point home favorites. Line is moving towards the Panthers so far this week. For the Panthers, uh, obviously you're only considering DJ Moore unless you play in like an 18 team league. Uh, and he's actually like a decent consideration this, this week. Like last week we talked about how like he really does benefit from McCaffrey leaving. The target share will go up. They might use him more on end arounds. Like he's just going to be especially featured if they ever get close to the red zone. He's like the only wide receiver going to throw the ball to. He's now in the season up to a 27% target share, but he commanded 10 of 22 targets last week. So, I mean, he could go out there and have half of the team's targets. You don't need to throw the ball that many times to be a good play. And it was a positive game script last week. Like they only threw the ball 22 times because they were winning in like the whole second half of the game, running the ball every play. I mean, that's not going to happen every week. And now you've got a Falcons defense that is the second best matchup for opposing wide receivers. They just got ripped apart by Joe Burrow for like 500 passing yards. Like obviously PJ Walker isn't going to come even close to that. But he doesn't need to. I mean, if Moore's getting half the receiving work, like even if he gets like 40% of the targets, I mean, if they have any sort of volume and they have any sort of success, which they should against the Falcons, I mean, DJ Moore is like a good flex play this week. For the Falcons, you know, it's just disappointment, really. I mean, they got steamrolled last week by the Bengals, right? But they didn't even try to make the game competitive. Like they were basically just like, oh, looks like we're going to lose this week. It was like drive two right? Like they were down multiple scores instantly, like right at the beginning of the game. And yet they still decided to run the ball for like a few yards of pop and only attempt 13 passes. And like, I get that if you're a really good run team, which they are, but if it's also successful, it wasn't working. Like the ground game wasn't even working. And yet they're still like, well, I don't care that we're down a ton. I don't care that we need to score here. Let's just keep running the ball for like three yards of play, even though like we have, you know, two top 10 picks at wide receiver and tight end. And the passing game has been effective at times when we've used it. If that's the case, we can't even look at games and be like, oh, well, if they get down, they'll throw it. And apparently not. Apparently, even if they get down, they'll just lay down and like give up. Right. So until Arthur Smith is fired, which you have to hope happens soon. Hopefully they keep losing and that happens. But until that happens, you just can't play any of their pass catchers. Patriots at Jets is up next. 40.5 point total. Patriots, two and a half point road favorites for the Patriots. Mac Jones has been announced as starter. That does not mean that Bailey Zappi will not take over at some point, but he will start the game. Talking about Mac Jones there. I don't think that matters too much, but I want to note that Myers historically has just not caught touchdowns, but Zappi has thrown for what four or five touchdowns this season. Two of them have been to Myers. So Myers has four touchdowns in his entire career, four year career. Two of them have been the last three weeks from Zappi. So if you have Myers, you kind of want Zappi at quarterback because maybe he's just leaning on him when they get to the red zone. Like it could be randomness, but 
I don't know. He's played four years, and he has four total receiving touchdowns, two in the last three weeks from this one quarterback. Like, I don't know. Like, sometimes players just lean on other guys. Like, I don't know. I, I think you want Zappi at quarterback if you have Myers. Again, he could show up at some point, but it's going to be Mac Jones starting. Um, I just think you're probably playing Myers in the flex this week. Um, the matchup is not good by any means, but he's still the focal point of the passing attack. He's still a very good wide receiver. He's a flex play. Like, that's just what he is. Uh, for the Jets, it doesn't seem like Corey Davis is going to play this week. So, you're going to have Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson as a clear top two wide receivers. Then, probably rotation of like Berrios, Mims, Jeff Wilson at that third wide receiver spot. I don't think you're starting any of them, but I would say Elijah Moore would be like the most appealing to me since. You have to think they're going to go out of their way to scheme him looks this week. Like He's someone they view as a long-term piece to the offense. They love his talent. And it's not like you're scheming looks to a bad player. Like He probably at this point in their like respective careers is better than Garrett Wilson. Probably now, now that Brees Hall is injured, is their best player on offense. It would make sense if it like if keeping your best player happy means getting them the ball and they're your best player, so you should get them the ball. Wouldn't you think he's going to get targets this week? So I would imagine they do that, but it's a terrible spot and it's a good defense. So I don't think you're starting them, but if you had to, it would be Elijah Moore this week. Next up, we've got the Steelers at the Eagles. Low, eh, not as low as other games we've seen, but low-ish. 43.5 point total Eagles, 10.5 point home favorites. That's a large spread. For the Steelers, uh, the Eagles are a well below average matchup four wide receivers plus the Eagles are coming off of their bye and are home so it's not a good spot if you have Steelers players just like in general all of them but I would say Deontay he's he's like fine in the flex if you really need to it doesn't seem like there's any sort of upside this week it's pretty likely he ends up with like a six for 60 stat line no touchdowns and you're like okay, like, I guess I didn't lose because of that, but it certainly didn't, like, help you win. Like, he's just going to be fine. Maybe he gets lucky and scores a touchdown, but we're not exactly projecting many total touchdowns for the Steelers this week. So, fine play. I think you're benching everyone else, uh, and if you had to bench Deontay, I'm fine with that. For the Eagles, is a plus matchup against the Steelers. Uh, Steelers have, uh, or the Eagles have the third highest implied total on the week. So, even though the game total is low, the Eagles are such heavy favorites, they themselves should still put up a lot of points. They're fresh coming off their bye. It's a good spot. I just think you're playing A.J. Brown as wide receiver one, Devonta Smith as wide receiver two, or in the flex if you want to do that. Four o'clock games kick off. Titans at Texans, low 4.5 point total. Titans, 2.5 point road favorites. This one's pretty easy to break down, honestly. I think the only people anyone's considering are Woods and Cooks. But realistically, you're probably benching both of them this week. Woods has zero top 25 wide receiver finishes. And Houston is a bottom 10 matchup for wide receivers. So you don't love that. Probably going to be a very run-heavy game plan for Tennessee. And then also, uh, Tannehill's a little banged up right now. Cooks, on the other hand... He has one good game, so he has that going for him. Uh, and while the matchup looks good on the surface because, you know, Houston or Tennessee has allowed a lot of fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, Nico Collins is going to be out. So people are going to look at that and be like, wow, smash spot for Brandon Cooks. And he could. Like, if Tennessee has to throw the ball, we know Brandon Cooks can hit deep. 
We know that they have absolutely no talent now that, like, again, Nico Collins probably not going to play. Like, they'll probably try and pepper him with targets. But Tennessee gives up a lot of production to wide receiver twos, and they shut down wide receiver ones. Also, in this matchup last season, Cooks was shut down by Kristen Fulton, and so he's going to face him again this week, obviously. It's like they're good at shutting down ones. They only have Brandon Cook, so they can focus on taking him away. I don't think Davis Mills is some like world beater where he's going to like excel in terrible matchups and like elevate the offense. And so if I don't expect the Texans passing attack to look good, I don't expect them to score many points. They can very easily focus on Brandon Cooks and take him away. It's not a great spot. And if in general, not even downgrading the matchup, he projects like fine in the flex. Once you downgrade the matchup, he's just a lower end play and you probably just don't need to go there at all. I would personally bench him. Next up, we have the Giants at the Seahawks. 44.5 point total Seahawks, three-point home favorites. The Giants. Uh, the only one you're looking at, really, is Wanda Robinson. Was up to 69% of the snaps last week. Eight targets, six for 50 stat line. He got a little bit banged up at one point, but did return to the game. Probably going to play this week. I haven't seen anything to indicate he's not going to play. Uh, assuming he does, fine in the flex. Seattle is best attacked at the tight end position. But when you look at the Giants tight ends, like Bellinger is now out. So you've got Chris Myrick and Tanner Hudson. Like, do you really think, like, even though, again, Seattle just has been steamrolled by tight ends, but the Giants really can't use those two that much in the game. So it's like, they're going to have uh, Saquon probably going to explode this week. But Wandel's their number two. Like, he's their second option in the receiving game. They're probably going to give him in that, like, eight, nine target range. If he can rack up a few of them, you know, he's going to have a really high catch rate. That's going to be good production. I'll say better in PPR, though. Standard, no, don't need to go there. Half PPR, fine, but, like, the touchdown odds are still low. Um, the yardage on those receptions won't be high. He's got a very low ADOT. And so PPR leagues, solid flex, uh, half PPR, Fine. I'll say he's fine. Not a great play. Then for Seattle, uh, Metcalf wants to play, trying to play, probably not going to play. So if he is active, just like play him. If he's active, like just assume he's good to go. Not going to throw him out there if he's not good to go. If he's out, which is the most likely outcome, then we're going to have Lockett, Marquise Goodwin, and D. Eskridge. You can kind of throw Goodwin and Eskridge kind of out the door. Like if you really needed them in like a 14-team league, maybe 16-team league, that's fine. 8, 10, 12-team leagues, they're just not going to be used enough. They're not good enough players to where you really want to be attacking them. So it's basically lock it as just like a you know a definite play at wide receiver too. The other ones, it's like if, you, if you're super desperate, you can go there. I don't think any of you really need to do that. 49ers at Rams is up next. This one has a 43-point total. 49ers, one-and-a-half-point road favorites. Even with the Rams, and this is, like, interesting. Like, 49ers have stayed one-and-a-half-point road favorites. Even with the Rams coming off by, Debo looking questionable, Juwan Johnson being questionable. Like, I know those, like, I guess Debo is. But Juwan Johnson isn't going to change lines, right? But I think the fact that it's at least possible that, like, if they have Debo out and Juwan Johnson out, that maybe their offense isn't as successful, and then the Rams coming off of their bye might put some things together. So it's interesting the 49ers are still favorites, but it indicates, you know, maybe that Debo's going to play, but also indicates that, like, you know, the 49ers are just a better team. 
like they just are. Um, their defense is great. Their pass rush is great. The Rams' offensive line is not great. So the 49ers are going to have a lot of pressure on the Rams this week. It just indicates that like the 49ers are very clearly the better team, even when they're banged up. For fantasy, the Debo news impacts everything, right? Like if he plays, you view them the same way. It's you're playing Debo and then Ayuk is like a solid play in the flex. If he's out, then now Ayuk becomes like, okay, a really good play probably at wide receiver too. And if that's coupled with Juwan Johnson also being out, now you're like, okay, you got Brandon Ayuk, play him because they're going to have to throw the ball. They can't run the ball every play. And it's basically when they throw it, just going to be McCaffrey, Kittle, and Ayuk. And so Ayuk's going to have a really strong target share, a really good chance of scoring a touchdown. He'll just be a really solid play. Not a lock to go off, but like if those two are out, you're playing Brandon Ayuk. So kind of how you view the situation really depends on Debo Samuel. You would hope that if the injury is like, you know, something that's going to linger, that they would just hold him out, make sure he's 100%. Uh, but, you know, you just have to kind of watch the injury report, see how the rankings adjust. Uh, and then I don't think there's anyone else. Like, if you want to take a shot on Danny Gray and like the Millie Maker on DK or like something like that, sure. But even if you have Debo and Juwan Johnson out, you, you're not playing these secondary wide receivers for San Fran. It's just not worth it. They're going to hyper focus on McCaffrey, Kittle, and Ayuk, if that happens. For the Rams, uh, Van Jefferson expected back this week. Confirm that, obviously, but you're not really playing him, but just like confirm it um, if you like are for some reason. And I just think like, I guess to kind of go over that, I think he'll be a good play in the future. And I really think he could be their like second best wide receiver. The problem is in this first week back, like, you know, he could go out there and run 10, 15 routes. And like at that point, against a strong defense. Like you're just praying he hips with a 50 yard touchdown. And so give him a week see what it is, hope he goes off, and then hope you can play him in the future. Uh, but, you know, you, you want to see him play for a week before playing him. Uh, just play cup. I mean, that's just the advice every week for the Rams. Final 4 o'clock game. Commanders at Colts. Low, 39.5 point total. Colts, 3 point home favorites. The Commanders. Dotson should be out again this week. Uh, he re-aggravated the hamstring late last week, so he might miss more time. Pretty unfortunate there. Uh, so you're really just looking at Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. Samuel started the season hot, but he's only had one top 30 wide receiver finish since week three. He's still yet to go over 80 receiving yards. And then you look at McLaurin. He was fine last week, but 61% of his fantasy points came on one play. You know, outside of that touchdown, he had four receptions for 36 yards. And then no one would be excited to play him this week if that had happened. So... I think both of them are fine, but McLaurin's my wide receiver 29, Samuel wide receiver 32. The Colts are the third most difficult wide receiver matchup. I just don't see how you could be excited to play either one of them. They absolutely need to score a touchdown. It's not a good spot on the road. You do still have Taylor Heineke as your quarterback. I don't think you need to play either one of them. For the Colts, uh, the commanders are the number one matchup for opposing wide receivers uh though maybe it's a little bit tough to know how the offense is going to look with sam eilinger at quarterback uh he was great in the preseason and matt ryan's been pretty bad in like most weeks so you'd think it wouldn't be like too much of a downgrade but worth noting we don't 100 know there's a lot more risk in the colts this week um, but i think you're definitely playing Pittman as wide receiver too i couldn't see like if you're benching Pittman in like pretty much the best matchup he's going to have 
you know, what are you doing? Like Sam's going to play the rest of the season. So if you're benching Pittman this week, you might as well trade him because you're never going to play him. Uh, after that, you could look to Campbell or Pierce. They don't project super well, but like Campbell's been playing really well recently. If he can rack up, you know, six, seven receptions, especially in a full PPR league, you know, maybe he's got uh, some sort of upside there, especially if he can score. And then Pierce, Pierce can hit on deep ball. Pierce has, you know, red zone upside. So I think you can play them. Again, they're not going to project well. So when you look at the rankings, they're not going to be super high. But if you had to play one of them in your flex or maybe better your second flex spot, you could because the matchup, again, is really good. Um, but just the unknown with Islander at quarterback, um, not expecting a ton of pass attempts in total for the Colts this week. Again, they're not going to project well. So it's likely you look at the rankings and you're like, oh, I'm benching both of them. The Sunday night game is going to be Packers at Bills. Relatively high, I guess. Uh, 47.5 point total, um, at least for this season that's higher. But the Bills are 10.5 point home favorites. The Packers. Somewhat depends on the status of Lazard. You saw him leave last week with a shoulder injury. He's questionable. I have no idea if he's going to play. Check that before um, Sunday. And hopefully we know. That's a tough one, though. It's a Sunday night game. You definitely don't want to play Lazard if you like don't have any sort of backups unless you know with 100% certainty he's going to play. Like, if he's a game-time decision and he plays Sunday night, do not have him in your starting lineup if you don't have another option. You, you can't afford to take a zero at a position. So you're probably not just playing him, honestly. If he is confirmed out, more targets are going to go to Watkins. They're going to go to, to Romeo Dobbs. But it would be in a brutal matchup on the road with low touchdown chances. And so... We'll see if we get the news. I'll adjust the rankings accordingly. But again, if Lazard is out, they're still not going to be fantastic plays. We're not expecting a lot from this offense. They could go off, and hopefully they do. Hopefully this offense starts to look a little better. Uh, but I would say the most likely scenario is you're just not playing Packers wide receivers this week. And especially if we get word that um, Lazard is playing, I would just bench everyone. For the Bills, uh, you know, it's still a tough matchup. It's a strong Packers secondary. They've allowed the fourth fewest schedule adjusted wide receiver points or points to wide receivers. I said that kind of weird, um, but it doesn't really matter, right? I don't really care what the matchup is, to be completely honest with the Bills. It's the Bills. It's Josh Allen. They're playing at home. Play Diggs. Play Gabe Davis. There will be weeks when Gabe Davis in particular isn't like amazing in fantasy, but the upside is like we saw a few weeks ago, like what three for one seventy-five and two. Like you just you just have to play him every week. Then my hope is that Shakir takes over as a full-time slot receiver. You can't play him unless we get like full confirmation before Sunday that that has occurred. But my hope is that it does happen. Stash him in case it does. Uh, but again, don't play him. Yeah. The Monday night game will be Bengals at Browns. 47 point total Bengals three and a half point road favorites for the Bengals play chase play Higgins every week on uh, I wouldn't chase the big game from Tyler Boyd last week if you were never playing him I don't think this all of a sudden means you got to start playing him I have to play him in my 16 team league but I would imagine 8 10 12 team leagues you know what most of you play you probably have a better option. He's been wide receiver 35, so he's not a bad play. And like this offense has just been clicking. They're throwing the ball a ton. That's obviously a good thing for Tyler Boyd. And if you had to, absolutely fine playing him. Uh, odds are you have two to three wide receivers inside the top 35 in the rankings. For the Browns, uh, it is only Amari Cooper. He is a low floor, high ceiling wide receiver two every single week. 
no different this week. He always plays better at home. So you got that going for you. Uh, but understand it's Amari Cooper. He could go out there and have two for 20. He could go out there and have seven for 150 in a score. So that'll do it for the week eight wide receiver starts and sits. Remember, you can see my exact detailed projections for every single player on my website, thefansfootballadvice.com. And I will pin a comment in this video. So go to the comment section and see the pin comments. If something happens between like now and upload that kind of like impacts the things we talked about. So check if something happened there. I'll be back tomorrow to go over my favorite plays this week. But then my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, have a hang the like button and have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.